Okay. Oh, oh, are you serious? Slam jam, bam. Get him ready for the NBA dunking contest. Bring on Dominique Wilkins. Bring on all the great ones from years ago. They got their treat for the night here. The Sports Pan lives here on ESPN-UP and online with our app, Tanner Hoops, with you. Glad that you're with us on this Wednesday afternoon. Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette is with us. I tell you what, a few days ago we got news that the Packers were hiring Matt LaFleur as their new head uh-huh. coach. And a lot of people up here are familiar with him from his time coaching at Northern Michigan. Spent the 2006 season here. But the rest of the Packer populace was probably saying who. And a lot of people hadn't heard of him. I mean, I even was like, wait, who? Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of had to do a little Google search. And I was like, oh, okay. I knew him previously <laughs> because he was the quarterback's coach at Notre Dame in 2014. Okay. And I was actually really sad to see him go because he would have been the next offensive coordinator there. But either or, it worked out for him pretty well. Mm-hmm. But just like when coaches started getting fired on Black Monday, even a little before it, the axe really started flying once one of them started. Just the same way, when uh-huh. one gets hired, <laughs> it's a domino effect, yep. and all these vacancies start filling up. So Matt LaFleur gets the Packer job a couple of days ago. Yesterday, while we were on the air, it started being reported that Cliff Kingsbury was nearing a deal with Arizona. Suddenly, Bruce Arians has a job. Todd Bowles and Dirk Cutter each have a job. And now Freddie Kitchens has mm-hmm. a job. Pretty soon, Hugh Jackson's going to be back in the mix. Somewhere. Oh, gosh. I, what's up with uh, Mike McCarthy? I saw he only wants the Jets job. He only wants the Jets That's, job. Does he want work with, does he want Sam Darnold? I don't I, understand the thought yeah, process, Yeah, what's the reason behind that? I don't know why anyone would want the Jets job. I don't, it's not them against McCarthy or the Jets in particular, just... I don't know what's attractive about yeah, that job. Probably the least appealing. I, like Sam be. Darnold, he's not that appealing to me. No, I, I don't like Sam Darnold no. as a quarterback. I'll say that. I thought he was overrated coming into this mm-hmm. draft. I don't think he's going to pan out in the NFL. At best, maybe he'll be like a Matt Liner type guy, another USC guy who's out of the league in a few years, and he'll have a desk job. He'll mm-hmm. be doing broadcast work <laughs> for NFL Network here in a few years. Yeah, really. It's kind of what I see out of that, but I think you're right. I think it's the least attractive job that's still left out mm-hmm. there. I would have said Arizona was probably a pretty unattractive job coming into it, but I'm really glad that Cliff Kingsbury got that job, and I'll tell you why. I feel like the only one who's happy that Cliff Kingsbury has an NFL job, but I love KK. I hope that things work out for him. I just, I mean, I I don't really follow like college football and all that stuff day by day, so mm-hmm. I don't... Is he not a good coach? Well, he, he went, didn't put. A, I mean, he coached Pat Mahomes, right? And he didn't do good with him. Well, he went thirty-five and forty in his six years at Texas Tech, and that's people's biggest gripe about him. But what I love about him is all his scores were about sixty to fifty-five. You know, he plays in the Big uh, Twelve. He was pretty typical. Yeah. Nobody was banging down Patrick Mahomes' door out of mm-hmm. high school, but he saw something in him that he liked a lot and worked with him. He has developed quarterbacks like Graham Harrell and Alan Bowman. And you look at Texas Tech, and they have a history of quality quarterbacks. And people forget he was Johnny Manziel's quarterback coach at Texas A&M the year that he won the Heisman. So he knows how to develop quarterbacks really well. Arizona certainly needs that. They've got a guy who could be capable Uh in Josh Rosen. He's not going to make it on his own. We saw this year. And if anybody can do it, Kingsbury's kind of that quarterback whisperer. You pair him with a fairly competent defensive coordinator, Mm -hmm. and this could work. 
I, I'm yeah. excited about this hire. I think it really could work. Are, are USC fans salty? Because that's yes. another one of those. <laughs> Coach, he wasn't allowed to be interviewed, but mm-hmm. then he was like, I'm doing this and got a job. Yeah, a couple of Such days ago, situation. exactly, right when the Packers were announcing that they were zeroing in on Matt LaFleur, it was revealed that USC had removed Cliff Kingsbury from their roster of coaches on their official website because NFL teams were trying to contact Kingsbury, like the Jets and the Cardinals, and USC would block him from doing so. Well, then Kingsbury says, I really don't need you if NFL uh-huh. teams are knocking on my door. On one hand, I don't blame him for doing it because, you know, it's your dream to get to the NFL. Yeah. On another, we just saw what happened with Manny Diaz and Temple, and I, I still want to be somebody who, you know, commits to your word. And, you know, if you, you yeah. accept the job, you got to take it. But at the same point, you got to do what's best for you. So I'm kind of torn in between on that. I do love Kingsbury, and I do not love USC, so I'm kind of <laughs> okay with how this worked out. Yeah, I give Kingsbury, a, he has a little leeway. He wasn't the head coach, mm-hmm. so it's not as bad you know Mm -hmm. but i don't know i think he can work with josh rosen down there i'd like to see how it turns out especially if they get a fairly competent defensive coordinator the only question would be who would that would Mm -hmm. be what i'd really like to see him do is reach out to vance joseph the recently fired head coach of the denver broncos because joseph is a great defensive guy and you don't have to be a great head coach to be a great coordinator at any level of football and i think vance joseph could do that for one thing, he'll set up a good defense to complement Kingsbury. They'll almost be like co-head coaches in a way. And he needs a guy that's a genuinely good guy, someone who's not going to mm-hmm. gun for his job because if things start to go south in Arizona, we already know that that GM, Kime, down there, we know he's not going anywhere with his relationship with uh, the ownership. Mm-hmm. We know that Kingsbury's head is going to be the first on the axe if anything goes wrong. And they need a defensive coordinator who's not going to turn around and stick the knife a little further in Kingsbury's back because he's gunning for his job. I think Vance Joseph could be that guy for Arizona. (laughs) Wait, did you see that Kingsbury, I guess, in their press release, the Cardinals press release? I think it was him, how they said, like, had to mention that he was friends with Sean McVay. (laughs) It's like, okay, so does that mean he's a great offensive mind, too? Like, what what was the need for that? I love that one of the top 32 teams in professional football on God's green earth list being one of Sean McVay's boys <laughs> as a bullet point on your resume. Uh-huh. That's an attractive reason to hire you. For one of the, while well, we're on the subject of you know being attractive, have you ever heard anybody who people can gush openly about more, man or woman, than Cliff Kingsbury and <laughs> his physical appearance? I've never heard any any person be just gushed about for their physical appearance more than Cliff No Kingsbury. comment. I'm not going to comment on oh, that. No, he's a good-looking guy. I mean, he is, but that's not really... That would be unprofessional, <laughs> unprofessional for me to talk about that. I have never, <laughs> ever seen... It is funny. I was seeing some tweets about that. I've never heard anybody... it was like anybody, him and mm-hmm. even McVay, Matt LaFleur, and LaFleur too. Yeah. They're all like younger-looking guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's a new trend of the NFL coaches. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Well, the Cardinals weren't the only ones getting a new coach yesterday. Tampa Bay decides to bring in Bruce Arians, a guy who was coaching the Cardinals a couple of years ago. You're a fan of that move. Go Owls, baby. Go Owls. We have Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles now. Yes. A little Temple South going on down there. Temple South. (laughs) And that was a great move, bringing in Todd Bowles as a defensive coordinator. I think teams are really going to regret not picking him up quicker than someone did and finally 
Tampa Bay was able to get him. I thought Kansas City, he would be a great fit there that if Andy Reid got him mm-hmm. and fired Bob Sutton, I thought that defense might be unstoppable next season. But as it is, yeah, Bruce Arians going down to try and work with Tampa Bay and Jameis Winston. <laughs> that might be the only question mark, what have you. But Todd Bowles is going to get that defense in shape, and yeah, Tampa Bay could be something to watch next season. Mm, no, we'll see. We'll see about that. <laughs> it's weird to think Tampa Bay maybe being something yeah. to watch, especially in that division. I just can't. I don't know, when you have Jameis Winston as your quarterback, I just like can't really pay attention to you that much. And I almost <laughs> wonder if they're going to try an upgrade from him this season. And I wonder Maybe. about the Cardinals, too, because let's go back a little bit to Kingsbury, but stick with Bruce Arians and the new-look Buccaneers. Dwayne Haskins will be the prize for this year's draft class mm-hmm. as far as quarterbacks go. He will probably be the only one taken in the top ten. If you're a team like Arizona, where you've got the number one overall pick and you've got a superb offensive mind as your head coach, I know Josh Roden's got pieces there that you can probably work with and bring them along, but Arizona's got an okay defense already. They don't necessarily need to draft Bosa number one overall. What if they went after Dwayne Haskins number one overall? I don't know if Dwayne Haskins is worth the number one overall pick, But if Arizona upgrades at the quarterback position, because I think Haskins will have a better Mm -hmm. season this year than Rosen will have next year, what if Arizona gets Haskins number one overall and pairs him with Kingsbury? That could be a pretty good team. That could. I'm trying to think what what team out there is, like, in need of a quarter, the Giants. If he slipped down to number six, I think that's where the Giants are picking. They would probably go after him. Depending what happens with Derek Carr in Oakland, they might take him at number four. So with Josh Rosen, though, do you just keep him on as backup, or do you try to get something before him? I don't have high hopes for Josh Rosen. I've never been high on him. I think if anybody can work with him well enough to bring something out of him, make him a capable quarterback, I think Kingsbury Mm -hmm. would be that guy. But I don't know if they want to take that chance, if they want to risk that kind of process. You've got the number one overall pick. Maybe you take a shot and try to get a guy like Dwayne Haskins and see if you can get something out of Larry Fitzgerald here in his last few years before he retired. I think you owe that to Larry yeah, Fitz, really. don't you? Yeah, <laughs> really. That poor guy. That poor guy. You think about his career. He's been to the playoffs, I think, five times in 15 years and one Super Bowl appearance, which they lost. I mean, is that a wasted career for as talented as he is? I don't know if it's a wasted career or not. It's certainly not reached its full yeah, potential. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't want to say it's wasted, but he could have had a lot. Could've could have done a lot, a lot more. more. <laughs> but he's loyal to Arizona. Yeah. I respect him for that. I've never heard a bad thing about yeah. Larry Fitzgerald. I'd love to have him on my <laughs> team. So I wonder if that's a move they could be interested in making going forward, or if they decide to trade that number one overall pick for maybe two mid to late first round mm-hmm. picks. Although they haven't drafted very well the yeah. last few years. Their draft hey, they drafted Hassan really Reddick. Don't talk crap. Well. No, 12th overall in what, 2017? Well, <laughs> if your best draft pick is Hassan Reddick. Come on. I don't know if I trust you as a GM that time. <laughs> And I mean, I don't blame them for picking him the way no, he played in college. I don't either. Robert Indici, I mean, they yeah. gave him a lot of reason to think that he would be someone that would pan out, and <laughs> man, he just hasn't. So yeah. I don't know. I'd like to see Arizona get this one right because I like Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. I hope things work out for him down there. Uh, there's certainly a big target on his back, but I'm hoping things pan out for him. And Arians, too, over there in Tampa Bay. Yeah. I'd like to see where things mm-hmm. work into place with him. We're up against a break. 
We still got a few more head coaching vacancies to go over, and the Browns made their decision today. We'll tell you all about their new guy coming up after this on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. The Sports Pen on ESPN UP, Tanner Hoops, Rachel Zerby with you. NFL head coaching vacancies are starting to fill up. Cleveland Browns were the first ones to do it today. In my opinion, they made the right move because it came down to offensive coordinator Freddie Kitchens and Vikings interim offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski. And I say the right move, not in the sense that they picked Freddie Kitchens over Stefanski, mm-hmm. but it's the right move in the sense it was best for both the Browns and the Vikings with what happened here. Because the mm-hmm. Vikings need to quit screwing around and quit interviewing Hugh Jackson and just slap the offensive coordinator tag on Kevin Stefanski. Just don't waste your time. Yeah, I, I don't really get what they're like. Why? Will why you, is Hugh? Why? Why are we talking about Hugh Jackson? How why? mad will you be if the Vikings hire him as the offensive coordinator as a fan? I, I, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, I'd be mad. I, w- I want to say I would not watch them, but, like, obviously that's a lie. But You'd still watch. I don't want Hugh Jackson associated with my team at all. I don't know who does. I don't know what team would want Hugh Jackson. He like, took two teams in the same season, in the same division, to last place. Like, he might be a great guy and all, but mm-hmm. obviously he doesn't, doesn't really know what he's no. doing out there. No. <laughs> well, the Browns did the right thing. They promoted offensive coordinator Freddie Kitchens. It was interesting at one point that... They announced their top two candidates, their final two, and neither of them was Greg Williams, the interim head coach for the remainder of this season. I had somebody call into the show a few weeks ago, wondered why I didn't include Greg Williams as somebody who should be mentioned for coach of the year in the NFL this year. Well, you know, I get the Browns are better. They're more successful than they have been. Seven, eight, and one, though, is not good. That's maybe competent. So someone bringing the Browns up to competency and... I don't know how much that had to do with the fact that Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, was promoted or Hugh Jackson was let go. I think probably the latter was a bigger factor into why the Browns Mm -hmm. had more success as of late. But Freddie Kitchens did a lot with Baker Mayfield. Once he got control, there was no Hugh, there was no Todd Haley, and he brought Baker along really well. It's been a long time since the Browns have Mm -hmm. felt like they have had their guy at quarterback and their guy at head coach. And this might be the most optimistic they felt going into a season in a long time. I like it from the standpoint, even though it's only been one season, but with a guy like Baker, I just feel like you shouldn't be bringing in a new person who hasn't worked with him. Cause Mm -hmm. this, I mean, Freddie and him probably have a great relationship, which is obviously why he got the head coach. So from that aspect, not even like the coaching, just the human friendship aspect of it. I feel like, that's a good move because obviously Baker doesn't seem like the easiest guy to work with. So I feel like it takes a special yeah. kind of person to, <laughs> to get through to Baker. I mean, he's kind of like a little bit of a watered down version of Johnny Manziel a little bit. Uh-huh. It takes a special guy to be able to get through to him or whatever. Yeah. But he's down a quarterback. If you can get somebody to bring the best out of him, Freddie Kitchens was mm-hmm. able to do that. So I'm glad to see that the Browns made the right choice. Haven't been able to say that for a long yeah. time. The Vikings, though, they need to get serious and get Kevin Stefanski as the offensive coordinator. He looked a lot better than John Filippo did in the final games of the regular mm-hmm. season, and the Vikings' offense responded to it. He didn't fight Zimmer. He complimented the style he wanted to do, and the Vikings seemed to take to it. I would like to see Kevin Stefanski get the job. 
like I know you mentioned to you, I just don't understand like who are they looking for? Mm -hmm. Just give it to him. Like what more are you looking yeah. for? Like who else is out there right now that's going to be a good offensive coordinator? Dirk Cutter just got a new job as an offensive coordinator. He's down in Atlanta and yeah, I mean, he's a good quarterbacks coach. Yeah. Not really that good of a head coach, as we saw the last few years. But as a quarterbacks coach, he can develop guys mm -hmm. and bring them along. Kevin Stefanski was a guy Pat Shermer wanted to bring with him to New York when he got the Giants job as his offensive coordinator. And Mike Zimmer blocked it because he knew how good of a coach he is. You can't tell me that you're seriously considering Hugh Jackson over him. Think about this coaching staff. What if Jeff Fisher was the head coach and Hugh Jackson was his offensive coordinator? <laughs> like Rex Jeff Ryan is the defensive coordinator. <laughs> oh, gosh. That team deserves Nathan Peterman. Yeah, really. Could you imagine being a fan of that team, no. whoever it was? No, uh, I would feel bad for them. I would feel really bad for them. Tanner Hoops, Rachel Zerby with you. Mentioned Dirk Cutter getting hired in Atlanta as the offensive coordinator for the Falcons. What a weird coaching system that they have going down there right now. Like, they clean house of all the coordinators. Dan Quinn, they say, was stepping down to defensive coordinator. Now it's looking like he's going to stay as somewhat of a mix of head coach and defensive coordinator. It's such a weird situation they have going on right now down there. And they do it. They complement it by getting Dirk Cutter to come in. And I mean, after the offensive coordinator they had a couple of years ago, they had Kyle Shanahan. They had Matt LaFleur as a quarterback's coach. And from those two, they move on to Steve Sarkeesian and Dirk Cutter. It's a little bit of a backslide, I would think. Yeah, what, what's really, like, that front office or whatever's going on down there is a, it's very strange. Poor Matt Ryan. It, yeah, <laughs> what a mess. I don't know what's going on with Atlanta right now, but that's a weird division where uh -huh. it looks like Tampa Bay could be on the rise. Carolina's going to keep doing what they do, and they're bringing – pretty much everybody back but Brady Hoke when they cut ties with him a few weeks ago. Will Brady Hoke ever find a job again that he sticks with for more than one season? Early, I should say sticks with him for more than one season. <laughs> Probably not. I feel bad for Brady Hoke, but I'm not seeing it work out for him somewhere. Uh, he, I don't know. He's a professional. He'll find <laughs> something somewhere. Uh, the New York Jets is still open again. That's what Mike McCarthy says would be his only option. Again, we don't know why. We can only speculate as to why that would be the only attractive job that he would want. I mean, maybe because it's fairly close to Pittsburgh. I mean, he's from there. You can drive about two hours from New York City and get to Pittsburgh. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's about the only reason I can think of. So we have the, the Jets is still open. The Jets is still open. The Denver job is no longer open. They picked Vic Fangio today over Mike Munchak. John Elway was such a good quarterback, such a good player. And other than picking out Peyton Manning in one of his toughest mm -hmm. years of his career and winning a championship, John Elway has done very little right as an executive for the Denver Broncos. It is amazing to me how such a great quarterback can be so bad at getting quarterbacks. Since uh -huh. Peyton Manning, he's brought in Case Keenum, Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, I don't, I just, I don't know. His offensive line has been bad too, but he played behind bad offensive lines, and that's probably yeah. partly why he turned into the player that he did is because he had a rush and scramble. He's running for his life for half his career. Maybe that was part of it. I don't know. But what, how does that like one saying go? It's like, oh, you, anyone can play, but not everyone can coach or something, something like, like that. Like, as I think, I just think it's so exact. bizarre how that works, how you can be so good at some, at the sport, mm -hmm. but you just, 
don't know like how to run it. And Denver fans will never try to run him out of town because they love him from his playing Yeah, days. I mean, how really can you? No. no besides, <laughs> you feel he like did you have a, a little Bowl. guilt in a way. Yeah, they did get a Super Bowl under yeah. his watch a few years ago, Super Bowl 50 with Peyton Manning. But ever since then, they have gone backwards and backwards. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me that Mike Munchak, who had his shot in the league a few years ago, I'm not saying he shouldn't get a second shot, but... With the Broncos, I mean, that's a recipe for disaster. Or Vic Fangio, who nobody knew before Khalil Mack got there. And Khalil Mack is really what turned that Mm -hmm. defense around, what made him the monsters of the midway. Just as well give Khalil Mack that job. (laughs) Really? So I don't know what Denver is looking at or why they like the two options that they're going with between Munchak and Fangio, but... I mean, that's off to them. Adam Gase is still out there. I'm kind of surprised no one's given him a second look. That's what, like, what are these guys going to do, these fired head coaches who aren't going to get jobs? Well, I wonder if some of them go to the college level, maybe, take a year off, something like that. Adam Gase can coach in the NFL, but he really can. I'm surprised. When he got fired, I was like, oh, he's going to be like a hot commodity. I did, too. I'm surprised it's taken him this long because jobs are starting to fill up. New York, the Jets, I wonder if they'd give him a shot. I don't know why and they I, wouldn't. I keep seeing Matt Rule's name being thrown yes. around for the Jets, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's I think weird. He, he's interviewed with them. You've got Cincinnati that's still open. Uh, okay. And then you've got Miami that's still open. Oh, right. Okay. So, so there are, still are a few out So, there. I don't know. <laughs> Gase isn't going back to Miami, so no. maybe Cincinnati would be something possible for him. Maybe that job's a little less appealing than the Jets. It kind of is, in a way. But you've got Andy Dalton, who you could still probably yeah. win a few games with. You've got Joe Mixon, who you can probably win some games with. And despite his off-the-field mm-hmm. issues, he's performing well enough to be an NFL running back. And then you've got A.J. Green is probably the most attractive part of that job. You know, you get to have a wide receiver yeah. like him to make plays. So you get the Bengals job that's in a tough division that's uh, two potential playoff teams, and then one on the rise with Cleveland. It's going to be a tough uh, tough AFC North next season, no matter who gets that job. And I'm just surprised Adam Gase doesn't have a head coaching mm-hmm. job somewhere right now. I guarantee it'll probably happen within the next three days. <laughs> I could see it. I don't I mean, know. I just feel like right now everyone's just like, all right, hired, 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 hired. Because everyone keeps going off the board. So it's like, well, now our options are limited. And let's just... The Packers started the domino effect, Mm -hmm. and everybody's following suit here as of late. And it always seems to happen right after we sign off our show here. (laughs) So I'm sure by the time we come on air tomorrow, then there will be somebody else Mm -hmm. that's got a job. There will be a few new head coaches (laughs) that have found their way into the NFL. That's how it always works. So a few of those jobs are starting to... Uh, get filled up. Matt LaFleur is being officially introduced as the Packers head coach today. A lot of people, I don't know, are so sure about this job. I kind of like it, to be honest with you. I mean, he's a creative guy. He knows the game and the position very well. Mm -hmm. He's about the same age as Aaron Rodgers, but I had Bernie Anderson, the old head coach at Northern Michigan, when Matt LaFleur was on his staff. He was on the show yesterday. He said despite there being not much of an age difference between Matt and the Northern Michigan quarterbacks, they still respected and mm-hmm. he earned their respect. I think he'll do something similar with Rodgers, and really he'll bring a creative playbook to the table. And that's what Packers fans really, really wanted out of McCarthy. They just weren't getting. Yeah. It just doesn't sit well with me, and I know the Titans, they had their injuries or whatever, but 
his offense was 27th in the league. It was. It was. He, he, but he's he also worked he worked with they mentioned Sean McVay. Yep, he was that. Matt Ryan's yeah. quarterback coach when he won the MVP. <laughs> I got to so. get those big namers in there. You, you got to get so guys like good. Matt he's Ryan good. and Sean McVay in there. So I'd like to see things work out for Matt Rule. It's funny though to see how Packer fans react about it, and a lot of our listeners, based on a Twitter poll, were happy with the mm-hmm. with the result, and about forty percent of them didn't know who Matt Lafleur was. But a lot of Packers fans, the biggest complaint I saw was like. You know, after they did a little research about Matt LaFleur, they wondered, well, why aren't we getting somebody who's been in the league before? Why are we going to waste Rodgers' last few years on a fresh face? But then you look at somebody like Denver and what they're mm-hmm. doing right now, and their fans are bashing them for saying, why are you bringing in guys like Munchak instead yeah. of bringing in a fresh face? So you can never really win. No, and you will never really know until – the season starts. <laughs> We're up against a break. Halfway home on this episode of the Sports Pen, we'll take a timeout. Coming up, we'll talk Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. Is there a quarterback controversy in Philadelphia? That's next in the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Rachel Zerby with you. Glad that you're with us on this Wednesday afternoon. Here is your Sports Center update. Alabama backup quarterback Jalen Hurts has announced that he will be transferring next season. Hurts' last start with the Crimson Tide came during last season's national championship game. Last night, Nikita Kucherov of the Tampa Bay Lightning became the first player since Yarmir Yager in the year 2000 to reach 70 points in less than 45 games. And finally, a Japanese company has come out with a machine. It's a smart fridge specifically designed for beer that will let you know how many you've had and automatically order you more when you start to run low. That will be on display in Vegas this month. Why do I get the feeling that's going to sell really well <laughs> yeah. here in America? Wow. Whoever inv- who invented that? A Japanese company. Uh, okay. I don't well, have the name geniuses. off the top That's something that's going to sell pretty well <laughs> yeah. here in America. Rachel Zerby with us in studio. Glad that you're with us. Philadelphia, I wonder... Is there a little bit of a quarterback controversy going on there? Everybody's saying that Nick Foles could be a starting quarterback in the NFL next season over Carson Wentz. And I know your thoughts on this, that Nick Foles is a guy who seems like he's a backup. He's made to be a backup, and he's happy with that. And he probably is. He's probably pretty comfortable in that role. You know, he's got a cool job. He gets a bonus for making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He has a Super Bowl MVP. He's on an NFL roster, less chance of getting hurt, what have you. But Carson Wentz has not taken a snap in the playoffs in his first two seasons in the NFL, despite his team being there in both of those seasons. If Nick Foles brings Philadelphia to the Super Bowl this year as the sixth seed, is there any way that they could make him the franchise quarterback next year? What do you think? It's very interesting, and this is something that, I mean, it's all over every like sports talk radio show. Mm-hmm. So it's something I, I am like constantly thinking about. And I asked my friends about it, and they didn't have anything to comment. But I really think Philadelphia fans are honestly brainwashed when it comes to Carson Wentz. Mm. They are so in the mindset that this is our guy, this is our guy. If Nick Foles takes the Eagles to the Super Bowl, even if Nick Foles beats the Saints and whatever, they don't make it to the Super Bowl, how can you argue that Mm -hmm. Nick Foles shouldn't 
be your starting quarterback. How do you take the ball out of his hands with everything that he's done here? As a he even, like, he just looks so like not nervous. If like, granted, he made some dumb plays in the Bears game, like that interception he threw in like triple coverage. Mm-hmm. But he just looks so calm all the time and poised. I don't know. I just. He wins games. He wins big games. He does. The game-winning touchdown pass in the final minute against the Bears. Vic Fangio is smart enough to know defensively where Carson Wentz would have went with that pass. He would have known that Zach Ertz is going to be the target because that is Mm -hmm. Carson Wentz's security blanket. Zach Ertz. Nick Foles does a good job spraying the ball. It's like baseball. I mean, you don't want to be somebody who's just going to pull and – you know, bring it down the left field mm-hmm. line if you're a right-handed hitter. You want to be somebody who can spray the ball everywhere. And Nick Foles distributes the ball so well, he gets Alshon Jeffrey involved. People were criticizing Golden Tate for being underused when they got him because, mm-hmm. you know, what was he doing over there? And now that he has a quarterback who's willing to go to him, he's getting involved in the offense. He's becoming an integral part of it. And last season you could argue that, oh, yeah, Carson Wentz took the Eagles – like got the Eagles to where they were and Nick Foles just finished it off. Mm-hmm. And like, you could be like, Oh, like last season, we just got not lucky, but can Nick Foles do it again? He's already proven that he can do it again. I'd like to see it. So happen, I just, I, I don't know. Philadelphia, it, they're just so hard to get to mm-hmm. get through, but I don't know. Are they going to try? Maybe they'll try to dish Foles off and get, picks for him. But. No matter how it plays out, they've got to dish one of these two quarterbacks, don't they? I mean, they can't have both of them mm-hmm. on the roster coming up next season. It's just bizarre that you wouldn't want the guy who took you to the mm-hmm. took you to the Super Bowl to not... Keeps winning games. Yeah. As long as he's winning games, I mean, what more can you mm-hmm. ask for? He's putting up good enough numbers. I mean, he's now the winningest all-time quarterback in Eagles history for someone who started a minimum of 15 games in the regular season or post. Carson Wentz is fifth on that list in terms of win percentage. So Nick Foles passes Donovan McNabb. Pretty good company. He's yeah, ahead of Randall yeah, Cunningham. Really. All I'm saying is if the Eagles first don't play Nick Foles next season, Carson Wentz, and they make it to the playoff, and Carson Wentz doesn't win a playoff game, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh hysterically. Where does Carson Wentz go? I mean, because there are teams that could use a quarterback. I mean, he could play about anywhere. He's a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. He is. I, I don't know. I just always thought he was kind of overrated the mm-hmm. whole time because he hasn't he hasn't proven himself. I guess he really his injuries, whatever. He hasn't had the chance to in a way. But his rookie season, it was his rookie season. That mm-hmm. they, yeah, that he was good but like mm. what are these injuries that keep popping up i'd like to see him play a full season for one thing but at least before i invest in him and that might be if you know we're totally speculating mm-hmm. but if the eagles decide to make nick Foles their franchise quarterback a lot of it could depend on what someone's willing to give up for carson wentz because a guy who can't stay healthy is not somebody you're going to invest uh, mm-hmm. multiple players multiple picks cash considerations, what have you. You're not going to invest that in somebody who's not going to stay on the field. But there are certainly places that could use a quarterback. I mean, he's a pretty good quarterback, even though we haven't got the sample Mm -hmm. size that we'd like. He's given us a lot of reasons to like him. But, I mean, Philadelphia, they're they're not going to get rid of Carson Wentz. You don't think so? I, I really don't think they will. They got him to be their franchise quarterback. 
I wonder what it would take. Because if Nick Foles does get him back to the Super Bowl this year, would that be enough? It should be. It should but be. But I don't know. But will Philadelphia make that move? I really don't think so. I don't think so. You have all these different teams <laughs> like Jacksonville, Washington this year, depending. I don't know what they're going to look like next year. A lot of that depends on Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. You have all these teams that are crying out for some kind of a quarterback. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to keep their sanity mm-hmm. if the Eagles hold on to both Wentz and Nick Foles next season. That won't even be fair. If that At that out. point, if I was Foles, be like, get me out of here. If I'm yeah. not the starting quarterback, get me out. I brought the, your first two Super Bowls to the city. Mm-hmm. I want to leave. Or I, I'm going to start. I like what they brought up on Golik and Wingo today. And they speculated that what if Nick Foles could be the successor to Eli Manning in New York? What are your Ooh. thoughts on that? Oh, division rivals? Division that would rivals. be amazing. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see something like that happen. I'd, I'd like to get somebody I know is going to be working out to replace Eli Manning over there in New York because they've got some good young pieces around him. Nick Foles doesn't fall into a young piece, but he's, he'd be yeah. a good piece, and he's a winning piece. It'd be really fun oh, that your face no. is getting red thinking about Nick Foles in a Giants love that. uniform. Oh, my gosh, just because... Eagles fans would, they would not like They would that. lose their ever-loving minds oh, yeah. if that happened. But who do you think Eagle fans would rather play against? Would they rather play against Nick Foles in a Giants uniform or Carson Wentz in a Giants uniform? Nick Foles. You think so? Yeah. For whatever reason, they are just married to Carson Wentz. You don't, you don't understand. Every Sunday, like, I wish I could show you guys my Twitter, mm-hmm. like, when the Eagles play and the whole debate. People get in fights. I'm like, this is wild. I think they like Carson Wentz because he has, like, golden retrievers. Like, he's just this he great guy retrievers. from, he went to, like, North Dakota. North Dakota like, he's State. so down to earth. And I'm like, he hasn't really done anything for your team, if we're being quite honest. You guys shouldn't even be in the playoffs this year, but Nick Foles to the rescue, and now here you are. And you're not going to give this guy literally the time of day. Mm-mm. Now, if Carson Wentz was still their quarterback, they're probably not in the playoffs no. right now. But for whatever reason, he's the golden boy, and Nick Foles the redhead stepchild. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know <laughs> what it is, but for whatever reason, they don't mm-hmm. want to give him a chance. And for that reason, I want to see Nick Foles get a chance somewhere else because – and there's going to be teams that will really, really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, even if, say, even if they lose on Sunday, mm-hmm. there's got to be teams out there who want him. Before we go to break, let's break down the NFL weekend and playoffs ahead. You've got Indianapolis taking on Kansas City. I think Indianapolis is the hottest team coming out of the wild card round right now. I really do. Oh, yeah. Andrew Luck's firing on all cylinders, even without his best friend Jack Doyle. He is finding ways to win with Eric Ebron as his top skilled position guy out there. Well, T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron, what have you, you can say which whatever which one's better between those two, what have you. But their offensive line has been maybe the best in the NFL this year. It's a big reason why they've got on this hot streak and why they could give Kansas City some problems on Sunday or Saturday whenever they're playing. I would love to see the Colts make that little run. I would do. I would do. Do we have any hope that the Chargers can go into New England and win? No. I don't. I, I just can I never can. bet against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Not in, in the, the playoffs. No. No. Especially after the way 
the Chargers looked on Sunday. I mean, they weren't bad. Mm-hmm. They just didn't impress me. I mean, that yeah. performance can beat Baltimore, but it's not going to beat New England in Foxborough. No. How about the Eagles and Saints in the Superdome? I mean, I don't, I don't know. When they played before with Carson Wentz and their quarterback, they got mm-hmm. their butts kicked. Uh, well, they probably got their butts kicked again, maybe. Probably, but I don't know. I can't bet. But Eagles scare me in the playoffs, too. Eagles are a team that they need to play better than they did against Chicago oh, on yeah. Sunday night. You know, they were bailed out by a few bad penalties mm-hmm. that Chicago took. It's not all coming down to the Cody Parkey missed field goal. It's going to be a lot of bad penalties that were taken that allowed Philly in the end zone for yeah. the first time on uh, Sunday in the third quarter of that game. Philadelphia is going to have to get the offense clicking a lot better than they did on Sunday night. And the Saints, they have that home field mm-hmm. advantage that's just about better than anybody else that's left in the playoffs other than maybe New England and Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to say between those guys, but it's going to get really loud on Sunday down in New Orleans, and it's going to be a tough place to go in and play and try to get a win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know those Eagles fans, they'll, there'll be plenty of them down there, but if anything's going to not go in their favorites, obviously the home field advantage for the Saints. Cowboys and Rams. Do we have any hope that the Cowboys can keep no. this miraculous the Cowboys, run going? No. I'm sick of no. hearing about Dak Prescott. He's not He's, he's not, not that good, good of a quarterback, no. And it's funny because obviously, sorry not to keep talking about the Eagles, but we all hate the Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah. like, what Dak's one good throw, they're like, oh, great, here we go. The Cowboys are going to overpay Dak, and it's going to be great. Like, mm-hmm. he's not going anywhere. Like, he's just going to be overrated his whole life. They always spin the Cowboys into something. I'm like, I mean, yeah, you're right. Dak will get an extension. Jerry Jones will get an extension. Mm -hmm. This will be just enough success to keep the Cowboys floating at mediocrity for the coming years. (laughs) Rachel Zerbe from ABC Marquette's in studio with us. We'll take our last time out. We'll come back. We've got basketball to break down after this. You're listening to Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Rachel Zerby with you. Glad that you're with us on this Wednesday afternoon. We're turning into evening, and as always, delighted that you're here. Well, looking around the slate of games tonight few games of interest for the teams in this area, both of them on the road. Milwaukee visiting a red-hot Houston team for an 8 p.m. tip. And then Detroit, the nightcap. They visit the Lakers at 1030. Both those could be pretty fun. The Pistons better win. They need a win. Yeah, badly. they do. And so do the Lakers, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, Milwaukee and Houston? Those are two of the most red-hot uh-huh. teams in basketball. Squaring off tonight down in Houston. That could be a lot of fun. Milwaukee is... They're going to be dangerous. They are going to be dangerous. Top record in the NBA right now. If the season ended right now, would James Harden win the MVP? Would he get your vote for the MVP? No. Oh, I don't like this question. (laughs) Like, I don't even know. I want to say no. Why is that? Because I'm the kind of person, if you take – James Harden away from the Rockets, yeah, they, like, stink. Mm-hmm. But if you take Giannis away from the Bucks, mm-hmm. that's, like, a whole different thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, right now, Giannis has to be the M- NBA MVP. 
So that's why I'm just going to say no to James Harden. Yeah, he's putting up insane numbers, but... Well, I like what where you went with that argument because I think that gets lost on people a lot of the time. What the name of the award is, most valuable player. Mm-hmm. Who's the most valuable to your team? Could the Rockets still do what they're doing without Harden? Could the Bucks still do what they're doing without Giannis? Could the Lakers still do what they're doing without LeBron? I mean, obviously, it, if we're at, if, like realistically, if there's an MVP, it's LeBron James because uh, those Lakers are absolute trash without him. They haven't won a game without him, <laughs> realistically. I mean, let's be honest. So, like, that, that is an MVP right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. That's an MVP factor. I mean, that you're the most yeah. valuable to your team. People just see these insane stat lines. They're like, oh, MVP, MVP. Like, I'd have those stat lines, too, if I was shooting 50 <laughs> shots a game. <laughs> well, and Harden, what's the average for free throws a game? Like, he gets a line 17 times a night or whatever. It's ridiculous how many because times he's they, Foul, foul, foul. Mm-hmm. Like, he draws contact. Yeah, whatever. Is he the best offensive player in the game right now? Strictly offense. Is he the best player in the NBA right now? Right now, I would say I think yes. So. I, I do too. I think with the numbers he's putting up right now, mm-hmm. it's it's just too ridiculous to argue against him. Yeah. We get to see him and Giannis square off That'll against each fun. other this evening. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So hope you don't have plans for Wednesday night. You don't, do you? Um, I mean, I have the Ishpeming Nagani boys Ishpeming basketball Ghani game. Boys but... basketball. That might be as good as yeah, Milwaukee and Houston. <laughs> You got a that few good scores on both of those sides. Yeah. That could end up being a pretty fun game. Um, but no, we look around. Uh, your team's got a pretty fun game tonight. They've got Washington, a team that has had all kinds of problems. This see, I don't get that because they played the Wizards last night. Yeah. At and the, home. And so now they're going they're to playing DC. Them again. Now they're playing them in D.C. for a home So and home. they can whoop their butt two nights in a row. Well, it's a Washington team that has <laughs> all kinds of problems this year. It's kind of like Golden State. They've had their problems this year and everything. But the thing is, I know, not on the same <laughs> level. She's giving me that look. Problems. Washington State and uh, Washington, D.C., excuse me, and Golden State have not had near the same level yeah. of problems. They both had their problems. The thing is, with Golden State, we all know they're going to snap out of it at some point. D.C., we have no, no. hope that they're going to snap out of it. No. Bradley Beal and John Wall. They're not going to carry this team and elevate them back into the playoff picture. I don't. I don't know what's so wrong with that team this year. Bradley Beal should just come join the Sixers. He needs to get out of there. He really does. Yeah. <laughs> you look like you're going to ask me something. No, I, I wasn't. Bradley Beal going to the Sixers in the I NBA would be. I, it wouldn't be ruined, but it'd be stacked. that. It'd be nowhere near Golden State. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be near Golden State. Well, what about Golden State, though, and what we've seen out of them this year? First of all, do you think they're going to win the Western Conference regular season? Yeah. You think Denver yeah. at some point is going to Denver, Denver going to yeah, Denver? Yeah, there's no – oh, if Denver wins the West, I, I'll, I don't even know what I would do. I'll give you all a million dollars that I don't have. I would have never – okay, is Nikola Jokic elite? Is he like the new Joe Flacco? Like, we're going to keep asking if he's a lead or not. Because he's like the best player on the best team in the West right now. Does anyone actually watch the Denver Nuggets? Though? I don't think I've watched a Denver Nuggets game I don't game think in the last I haven't ever seen them on, on TV. Like, their games are never on, like, NBA or TNT. It was, it's been a long time. They, they, didn't, they didn't make the playoffs last year. And now they might win the Western Conference. At some point, they're going to fall down to earth, aren't they? I well, mean, yeah, Jokic I mean, it, is your best January player. 19th. Marcus Cousins comes back yes. to the Warriors, so <laughs> the everyone's hopes can just 
go down now. Well, we've seen cracks in the armor this year from Golden State. We've seen cracks in the armor from New England. Mm -hmm. And the other night we saw cracks in the armor from Alabama football. Those are the three dynasties, the three mainstays in major pro sports. Well, not pro, major and college sports, what have you, Mm -hmm. that we have relied on the last half decade or so, even a little longer than that maybe. And we've just known that they're going to be the upper echelon. And I'm not saying those are ending, one, two, or all three of them, but there are certainly cracks in them, and we've started to see them here as of late. Which of those dynasties do you think is going to end first? Golden State basketball, New England football, or Alabama football? Golden State. You think so? Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because once KD leaves, Mm. it's over. Yeah, kind of is. There's, I mean... All of those guys aren't going to be on the Golden State forever. Mm-hmm. They'll, be hard they'll come there, they'll like get that. their ring, and then they'll leave. I remember a few years ago when there was actually a debate between whether Steph Curry was better than LeBron James. There was actually a debate between that back in First of all, they play like two completely different styles of basketball. They do. They do. It's hard to so compare. Like, um, I don't compare apples and oranges. It, it is like comparing <laughs> apples and oranges, but that was actually a debate at one point. But Steph Curry was the face of the Warriors franchise. Now, Steve Kerr, his head coach, is coming out and saying they don't even know what role Steph is going to play for Golden mm-hmm. State. So where does that leave them when Kevin Durant leaves? But what about this? I said a few weeks ago, with I think Jake Durant was the one who was on here, and we talked about what... L.A. basketball could look like next year. I'm talking the Clippers, not the Lakers, because the Clippers could use the Lakers' biggest strength against them. LeBron could be like a giant magnet to superstars. Mm -hmm. He needs one more superstar to make him a real contender. And he should have had Paul George come there this year, and I don't know why he didn't go there. I'm so – I honestly respect Paul George. I know, but if he had gone there – the Lakers would be no worse than a three seed right now. Oh, no. And they would be contending for the Western Conference. But he needs somebody like Paul George, a guy who's content to be mm-hmm. the number two guy on a team, who's okay with that. A guy like Kyle Lowry almost. But you need somebody like that to be able to contend for a title. It can't just be LeBron like we're seeing this year. Over in L.A., what if the Clippers decide that they want to make a super team? They want to bring in superstars like Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and team them all up in a city like L.A. and say, we can put Clipper basketball on the map. I mean, that'd be a pretty appealing sales pitch. But you think it's realistic? They can get KD, Kawhi, maybe somebody else to come in there next year, and Clippers could be a power in the West? Realistically, like, no. But like, I, so? I can see where it's coming from because Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to go to L.A., and I don't understand it. It's a great city. You wouldn't want to go to LA. No, they eat. I heard they sell kale at McDonald's or something. Like that's not the life I want to live. Well, you don't have to order it. (laughs) Like they sell salads at McDonald's. Well, yeah, I don't order it. I don't know. (laughs) I get it all sun and beach and Hollywood and all that, but the Clippers—they could have had a super team and look what. Nothing happened with that. They had their chance for it. But now they have a new ownership group. Now they've got Steve Ballmer in there, and he's a guy that I know he wants to get a new image out there for the Clippers, and he wants to rebuild this team and make a splash. Mm -hmm. He wants them to be relevant again. This would be a way to do it, and they've got a window to do it. 
I would see that being yeah. as an opportunity that they've got to go for it and strike on. This. I mean, honestly, if everyone in the West just wants to team up, go right ahead because I'll be chilling in the East. Sixers will start coming out of the East every year, and then we'll just lose in the NBA championship. You think so? <laughs> we'll just lose. <laughs> You'll be content with second place every year. No, but whatever. Anthony they, Davis, where could he end up going next season? Where do you see I him? I didn't realize that the Pelicans were really bad this year. They are really bad. I don't know. Anthony Davis, he was always one of my favorite coming yeah. from Kentucky, too. Mm-hmm. But he'll probably go to the – I mean, he is in the West. Let's hope but. he goes. <laughs> he'll probably go West-West. He'll go to L.A. Let's hope he goes to Boston, no. huh? No. Yes, think no. about him. If the Celtics could upgrade – from Al Horford and bring in the brow, mm-hmm. man, that would be a fun team. To yeah, watch. that would. But if you were an athlete, I have a question. Okay. Just because I grew up on the East, so I, I'm kind of a little biased. So mm-hmm. all I really know is like kind of city life. Would you rather go to a c- city life on the East Coast, or like is out LA like you would want to go there? Hmm. It's hard to say because obviously living situation plays a role in all this. I'm trying to think of some athlete who's come from such a small town. I mean, Larry Bird didn't seem to mind playing in Boston from French Lake, Indiana. Because this even goes back, we didn't even talk about baseball at all, but like the whole Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, like I feel like whenever Philadelphia competes against LA, everyone wants to go to LA. Probably And I don't understand it. Well, you got the media markets, you got the money probably as something. Media to do with market, it. Philadelphia's four, LA's like three. There's not that big of a, a difference. Big difference. We just to don't them. have beaches. That's a big difference. You to have them. to drive two hours to the Jersey Shore. We have the Jersey Shore. That's I'm not cool. saying Philadelphia's not a great city. <laughs> I know, but it's frustrating coming from because like I get it why everyone wants to go to LA, but it's like, come on. We got a great city here too. We got a bell. Exactly. Got a big old bell. Yeah. yeah. We have history. You do have history. Passion. Passion. <laughs> Got a big inflatable Ben Franklin yeah. out there. <laughs> Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette is our guest in studio with us. We are out of time. As always, appreciate you being here. Looking yep, forward no to next problem. week. That's it for us. Once again, thanks for tuning in on ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette. Until tomorrow, I'm Tanner Hoop.